unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David, how are you doing? Good, Nathan. This is my late autumn pinky in the brain hat that I'm wearing. It's like the color of leaves turning brown. I love it. How many pinky in the brain hats do you have? Seven. Seven. Wow. All right. Uh, and we've got a very special, a very special episode lined up today. So I'm just going to shut my mouth and play a fly on the wall and hand it over to you, David. Okay. So maybe you remember the Beach Boys song, uh, I Get Around. Get around, get around, I get around. Remember that? Uh, well, our guest today really gets around. It's Richard Miller. He's the founder of Mission Control Studios in Phoenix. And have you ever heard of David D'Angelo and a product called Double Your Dating? Uh, David's real name is Eben Pagan, and Richard helped him with every seminar and info product he did in the dating space. And in the copywriting space, Richard's worked with me. And Richard helped John Carlton with all the video in version 2.0 of the simple writing system. Uh, Richard's the guy behind the camera crew. And in case you've never done anything like this, that's a big deal. He has a vast array of experience in the world of seminars, video, and info product. He even has a project he's working on right now that got 1 million views. The first day it was on YouTube. And this project gives a new meaning to the term killer content. We'll talk about that towards the end of the show. Richard, thanks for joining us. <laughs> thanks, David. That was, that was a great intro. That was awesome. Well, you're welcome. And we'll get to all of this in a minute. But first, let me remind you that copy is powerful and you're responsible for what you use with what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health or finance or business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Richard, thanks for making time to be with us today. And I, I want to start out right away with a question about creating video content and info products that um, most people would want to know, even if the question isn't racing through their minds right now. The question is, what's the most important thing people need to know when it comes to creating video and info products? Yeah, we talked about this the other day a little bit. And I think, you know, there's so many things, but I think the most important thing, if there's one thing, that I see over and over again is the people need to get real in the aspects of their personality that are constantly needing approval, right? And whether or not it's on stage, we see this, and certainly when people come into the studios, sometimes the first part of what we end up doing is just kind of getting them to relax because they're they're on they're when they're on camera, they're like, please like me, please love me, please please approve of me. And that People know, they may not have a name for that, David. They may not actually name that thing, but they know what that is. And it becomes kind of like, uh, you know, the, the, the central thing that is like, it actually 
it destroys credibility in a way because I'm noticing like, why are you, are you trying to convince me or do you believe this? Or why do you, why do you need me to like you? And it comes through and it really can, you know, uh, derail the quality of a, of an info product. And in fact, actually I did a conference many years ago, um, where a woman um, who remained nameless, her, it was her first seminar, and she had, I don't know, I think we had about 50 people there, 25 of which were her friends. And I don't even know if we ended up using the content. It was, it was that much approval-seeking energy that, that it just it ruined things. I, I know that with your experience, you can feel it, you can tell it, but can you give people some idea of, of what this yeah. looks like? Okay, so you know one of the one of the hallmarks of that is is um, um, over excitement, over enthusiasm. People know that you, you're never that enthusiastic. Hey guys, I'm really excited to share this thing with you, right? Guys like Brendan Burchard can get away with it because he's that way all the time. But most people are, they don't walk around. That's not an organic aspect of their personality that they show up with. And when they try to do it on camera, they're not an actor. They've not rehearsed that in such a way that it is that it's fluid, that it, be, that it becomes part of the personality and it feels real weird. And, and as a producer and somebody's making an info product, having to tell people, Hey, okay, that was good. Other than the fact that it sucked. No, I don't say that. But <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Other than the fact that it sucked. No, like, okay, just calm down a little bit. You know, um, you don't need to gain people's approval. They've already, whatever you've done at this point in time, to get them to purchase the product, it's it's done now. The sale has been closed. You don't have to. Now you have to make the the content entertaining and certainly useful. Uh, we could talk about you know those those aspects, but the the approval seeking thing is unnecessary. You have to you know keep your energy up, but not so much that it feels like you're trying to get approval and, and trying to be liked. What about when people end every sentence with "Okay" or "Right"? Is that another example? That is another example. That is another example. And when you get here, it's, if you haven't worked on that enough, that's a, that's another one that's really difficult to get rid of. Cause we can't, there's only so much we can get rid of in post. And so if, 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 we, if we, even when we do a multicam shoot, if we have to get rid of every time you're saying, okay, and it, it is very choppy editing, you know, it, you just have to leave it in. Yeah. Do you have an example of somebody other than Dean, who we're going to talk about later, who has gotten past that and is, um, just a, a really good example of someone wants to see uh, someone who can relax and, and connect on camera. Not somebody that you would probably know, but my buddy, Rob Scott, who's a coach, he's very good. He came in here and he just knocked it out. And I, and I thought about it and I've been friends with this guy for a long time and, and uh, he's got a small coaching practice, but he lives what he speaks. And so there was no, there was no kind of um, aspects of his personality that felt like I'm a fraud or I'm trying to get people to like me. It was, and it was, there was an empathic aspect of his being that he really wanted the person watching to really get it and to really take the content and live it. And it was really, you know, mesmerizing in a way. Cause you know, you get friends with people and you know, they're different personalities. And uh, but when, when you get in camera, that's a very unique thing. And I, and I think it's uh, from those things, he lives it. Uh, he believes it. There's no inauthenticity. There's no need to be liked. And there's an empathic aspect of his being that he really wants the viewer to really take it on and get it. Yeah. So, and they say the camera never lies. I, I think that there's a lot of, you know, wisdom yeah. to that. And so maybe if, if you don't have your 
act together entirely 100%. It might be better to wait, do some work on yourself, you know, uh, get a little more experience. Don't put the cart before the horse. Don't, you know, right? Yeah. Okay. And and I think just to say that, you know, before somebody comes to work with me or anybody else, um, they should be doing some at least a weekly video, but if not a daily video to get comfortable with when that thing, when the record button's on, just to get through that stuff and then watch it back and notice the little ticks that they do and the little things uh, that they do so they can get that stuff handled before they come in and get in front of the, you know, the professional camera. You know, you, you just reminded me of actually, I was thinking about it earlier today and you just reminded me of it again. I had a client named Igor, Igor Letahovsky. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but Mm-mm. he's um, a guy in the hypnosis training space. And before I worked with Igor, I had worked with dozens of motivational speakers, you know, National Speakers Association members. And they would always get very precious and, you know, very um, like, don't talk to me. I'm about to go on stage and very nervous, which may or may not say something about um, how authentic they felt. But Igor was just the opposite. It's like he had this, he was doing this on the Queen Mary, which was mm-hmm. um, maybe still is, maybe is permanently docked in Long Beach Harbor mm-hmm. in LA. And we were talking, it was like 30 seconds before he was about to start. And I was like thinking, God, should I even be talking to him? And then he said, oh, excuse me, David, I've got to go speak now. And he gets on stage and he just falls into this waking trance and just starts talking. And it's like, you know, mellifluous. It's like so smooth, so cool. So anyway, uh, just just had that thought. It, it You know, it, it, it's, it's really good advice. It, and um, Appreciate it. Could I, could I say one other thing? Hmm. You used the word, um, and I was thinking about this earlier, um, used the word authenticity. And I want to just, I, the word authenticity is being used a lot these days. And it's an important word. And it's an important distinction. But I think a lot of people in the info marketing space, you know, coaches and, and people of, of that nature, they have confused and conflated the word authenticity with confession. Yeah. And it, it really screws people up, Dave. Uh, I, I, you know, I see coaches on Facebook and, you know, so, you know, in, in the desire to be authentic, oversharing things. It's like, I, you know, if, if, if I want to trust you as my coach or somebody as a professional, like I, there's certain aspects of your personal life I don't want to know. And then I also think that they share in the wrong side of figuring out the problem. So if I'm a coach and I've got an issue of some sort, like certainly, you know, as, as somebody that wants to trust you and maybe work with you, like, I want to hear about your struggles, but I want to hear how, how you've on the other side of them, how you solved them. Not, Hey guys, I'm really going through a really rough time right now. And cause I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, we all, all you know, we're humans. We all do. But uh, if you're going through this, have you really mastered what you're going to be coaching me on? Number one. And number two, are you going to be able to be present for me if I'm coaching with you? It's, it's yeah. a, it's a weird juxtaposition of this idea of authenticity. That's, that's, it's, um, it's errant. It's, it's a not, you know, and it, and I think it, it destroys a lot of credibility. I think it, it, it messes with, you know, I think it's counterproductive to a lot of what people were trying to do with it. Yeah. We are definitely in a time of oversharing and I hope people listen to you and, and, and get the essence of what you're saying. 
speaking of that, um, if I'm coming into work with you and I did, um, and, and I did what I'm about to talk about, but I, I'd like you to explain it. Why should a person listen to their producer? I mean, you're essentially in the role of producer, mm-hmm. um, especially when they know more about their content than you do. Hey, let me ask you a question. Does it take you too long to write your copy? And if it does, have you ever wished you had a proven system to write it faster? Well, if that describes you, then you'll want to know about high-speed copywriting. This is a home study program that has helped a lot of people write profitable sales letters in as little as five hours. No, it's not a bunch of shortcut tricks that leave you with cookie-cutter sales letters that people can ignore. It's about writing full-fledged, memorable, response-getting sales letters much faster than it usually takes. It's tested and proven, too. High-speed copywriting will ease you through putting together an original, powerful sales letter and putting it together in record time. You can find out more at highspeedcopywriting.com. By the way, this is one of the very few programs that Bond and Kevin Halbert have given their Halbert seal of approval to. So check it out today, highspeedcopywriting.com. Thank you. And now back to our show. That's a great question. So here's another mistake that people make is, is an expert comes in and they're like, oh, now it's time to make an info product. And I'm, I'm in the info marketing space, right? So I, I get into whatever content I'm going to be associated with. I'm trying to get my head around it. So I'm reading it and, you know, uh, you know, and so I'm trying to think about whatever metaphors, whatever stories, whatever kind of examples that, that are kind of part of the, the conversation of living in America that somebody could, you know, um, or, or other kind of examples from other things that we can bring in and, and people get too close to it. And then they, they, they end up writing an academic paper rather than something that somebody's really, that's, that's, you know, I hate to use the word sexy, but basically interesting and compelling and layered with stories to keep somebody, uh, I mean, good content is very much like good copy. You have to, you have to lay in stories and examples and things to keep people interested, right? You're not, this isn't a college course, right? So, you know, as you want to dilute it, not only in terms of, uh, you know, creating more content so people feel comfortable spending a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars, right? Because as it was Dan Kennedy said, people value the you know information by the pound. Um, but also so you can you know keep people entertained and, and interested in what you have to say over time. So as the producer, I'm going to see things that you're not going to see. I'm going to be able to say, hey, you know what? This is a great story, but you need to you you need to put this up here because. I, like I, I think of this concept, this concept of of earning the right, and you talk about that. In, uh, people talk about that in copy. Is like I think you know, in order to to say certain things, you have to keep me interested. To, so you earn the right to basically tell me this other thing. And people mm-hmm. get the order of things screwed up sometimes, right? And like this is a great story. This needs to go up here at the top because people five minutes in, they're they're going to be shutting this video off. So it, it's those kind of things that that I do kind of organically, kind of second nature because I've been doing this for a long time. Now, you were telling me about some guy that was just absolutely willful and wouldn't listen to you. And do you want, yeah. do you want to share that story at all? And Really nice guy. Really nice guy. And I coached him for about six weeks before he we came in here. And he was very confident, very, very confident in his ability to speak. Oh, I've spoken in front of audiences. I've done this. I've done that. And he, he sent me over some content that was, it was, it was supposed to be a script and it was more like an ebook. So I went through and I found different nuggets and I, and I, uh, I reworked things and sent them over to him. Oh, that's great. 
And then I, I extended his content, right? So let's say it's in, in diet and weight loss. It's like, okay, you know, okay, well, so here's what you got to do, Dave. You got to write down what weight you want to be at, and then you have to uh, stop eating so much and exercise more. And then moving on. Okay. But it doesn't give, if, I, if I'm trying to help you with your weight loss, it doesn't give reverence to the fact that you've been struggling for so long. So I said, here's the five reasons, you know, a typical kind of a framework and copy. Here's the five reasons you have not been able to have success up to this point. Then I can lead you down into here's the steps to take. So I gave him all this stuff and he didn't use any of it. And he showed up the day before. We worked together the day before and we had to bring these things back up that he didn't integrate because his copy or the, the content was stale and boring. Gave him a lot of, um, you know, he would say certain things. I'm like, where does that come from? Well, blah, blah, blah. This happened and I got divorced and I wanted to have a good relationship with my son. I'm like, that's it. You got to take that thing and bring it up here because now you're, now I trust you. Now I'm interested in you. Like, you know, oh, I don't know if I want to say that. Well, dude, you got to say that. That's an important aspect of who you are and the story and the journey and your commitment to this path. I have to know that. So reluctantly, and we pieced it together, but you know, the project wasn't, wasn't as good as it could be because he didn't take my advice. And then the advice that he did take was like in the 11th hour, even though we'd been working together for six weeks. So it's one of those things, Dave, it's, um, you got to listen to your producer. You got to. Yeah. Maybe the short version is because the producers, it's not the producer's first rodeo and the producer knows what works and you need to respect that. Right. Right. Okay. So I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you said that Dean Graziosi is like the best client you've ever had. Man, Dean, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I work with Dean in the seminar space and Dean's been in my studio a couple of times filming. Um, he, Dean has his own studio, but he's in here, been here filming with other people. And, you know, when Dean shows up, it's like, we got teleprompters, we got this, that, and the other. And it's like, do you have a presentation? Nope, I'm good to go. And Dean just, so, okay. So first off, um, let me back up and say that, um, you know, Dean is one of those guys. I remember I was in a mastermind meeting one time and this guy used this word ubiquitous and Dean laughed a little bit and was like, Hey man, you know, like, what does that even mean? Right. You got to dumb it down so low that the goats can eat it. Right. I remember hearing that. And that's, you know, Dean, uh, and you think of the Claude Hopkins, you know, quote about you'll never offend a sophisticated man with simple language, but you'll offend a simple man with sophisticated language. Dean embodies that. And he talks to the common man. Um, and he just, he is his content. He lives it. He breathes it. Um, and there is no need. He doesn't need a script. I mean, he just, he just talks, right? And the other thing is that I, I was telling you this, um, the dean has total commitment that, and, and there's not one molecule in dean's body that doesn't believe that what he has to offer you will change your life. Total congruence, total commitment. And that comes through on camera, right? So there's no need for, there's no fancy sales pitch when, when there's a total like, cellular commitment that I believe, Dave, that if you're watching this video, right, that what I have to offer you will change your life. There's no, it, there, there's something about that that is super powerful. And um, anyways, yeah, that's, that's the thing about Dean and, and guys like him. But Dean's, I think, the best at that because um, I've watched Dean's closes and I'm like, man, this guy is, because he believes it at, at the core. And that's, and I think anybody that's doing that, you know, especially shifting to platform selling, you, you have to have that before you're going to, I think, be able to sell, you know, any, any, with any degree of success on, on the platform too, you know? Yeah. I remember you said something to me about Dean's uh, success stories and 
the way he tells them so that the listener. Yeah, right. So, and this is the other thing is, is that Dean has this ability to talk about his success in a way that's not braggadocious. That's not bragging. It's a, it's a real strange thing. It's, it's almost like, it's just ancillary. Like, Hey, I'm, I, I've had the success and I know that you can too. And I believe that, that, you know, like, I'm just telling you about my success because I want you to see you in that. Not so I can pump myself up as some, you know, I'm super successful guy and, you know, like pay attention to me. It's just, it's just a credibility marker, but now it's back to you again. Right now let's, yeah. and that is a very, very powerful thing because in the, you know, in info marketing space, platform speaker, you know, like we, I've got one client that drives their Lamborghini right up, you know, parks it right out in front of the hotel. And it's just that it's, a, it's, and it's a little, you know, but with Dean, it's like, you know, Dean just bought a, a 15,000 square foot home and super modest guy, you know, and, and it, there's just something about that that is super powerful, you know? It's interesting. That's great. So you have an unusual info product that you're working on right now with Sammy the Bull. Can you <laughs> tell us about that? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not an info product. It's, it's going to be an audio docu-series um, with Spotify. And so well, we, could, we could talk about Sammy for a long time, but I was fortunate enough to meet Sammy and uh, get connected with him. And uh, it, it has been a tremendous... Uh, well, who, who is Sammy? Most people Okay, know. So Sammy the Bull... Salvatore Sammy the Bull Gravano was the underboss of the Gambino crime family uh, during the John Gotti era. And Sammy was involved with the big trial, you know, uh, when Gotti got taken down. And it turned out that there were a lot of tapes uh, where John was talking about Sammy and implicating Sammy in things. And that's a no-no. And so Sammy ended up cooperating with the government and John went away. And that was was world news back in the 90s. and uh, yeah, I don't know how much you want me to go into it, but uh, well, has he killed anybody? Nineteen people. Nineteen oh, people. He was involved with. Uh, well, he hasn't pulled the trigger in nineteen. I don't know how many he's actually pulled the trigger on, but he was involved with the um, with nineteen murders. One of which was the Paul Castellano hit, which uh, which is what 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 uh, brought John to power, right? So they took out Paul Castellano, and then John became the John Gotti became the uh, the, the boss. Uh, and Sammy had planned that hit. He was the one who was responsible for the, for the Castellano hit. Yeah, it's a trip. It's a trip hearing about that. Yeah, so what's it, what's it like working with um, a killer? <laughs> you know, man, it's interesting. Um, and, and somebody might say, well, what I'm about to say is just justification. But, you know, Sammy looked at his, re- his relationship with the mob in La Costa Nostra as it was a total commitment, right? So he looks at it as the same way as a soldier that was sent to Vietnam or Korea, whatever, you know, and asked to kill on behalf of the U S government, the U S army, he has to do what he's told. Right. But unlike that, whereas a lot of times civilians are killed and the people that Sammy took out were people that did bad thing in most cases did bad things to the mob and knew if they did them, they were going to be taken out. So, you know, he definitely has remorse over some of it, but some of it, he, he, he feels mad more, uh, bad for the families, not the person that he had to, because you live by code, you die by code. And, um, it's a trip, man. It's a trip. He's a very, this may sound weird to say, but I found him to be a, a tremendously honorable man. And, uh, I trust his word and, um, and he's really done well by me in the whatever seven months that I've known him. But, 
it's surreal. That video that you were talking about, it's now got about 3.4 million views in a little over a month. Well, people want to go see it. What should they? Yeah, uh, it's Valuetainment. Uh, type in Valuetainment, Sammy the Bull. And a guy by the name of Patrick Bet David, uh, that's his brand. Valuetainment is, is his brand. It's about a two and a half hour interview. And it's, it's captivating. It, it's definitely captivating. And, and that happened at your studios, right? It was recorded here, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was Very recorded cool. here. Yeah. Well, um, I'm sure people listening, some people are thinking, man, I, I wonder if I could work with Richard. If someone wants to work with you, what can you do for them? Who should work with you? Who shouldn't work with you? And, and what's a good next step? Yeah. And that's, a, you know, I will tell you, Dave, that when I work with somebody, I, I want to try to get them three or four months out, right? So we can go through their content and make sure that they're ready to film, right? Even with this guy for six, with six weeks, it wasn't enough time. And, um, uh, but, you know, sometimes people are so confident that they're, you know, but I would say three months out, three to four months out, and I want to work with them on their content because I want to help them create, you know, create content that's going to be compelling. I want to help them work on aspects of their personality. So when they show up to film, it's congruent, right? The best way to contact me probably would be, I got to figure out which, which email actually I want you to, well, Richard at tetpros.com, T-E-T-P-R-O-S.com would be the okay. best email. And, uh, and we've got studios here. We've got a few different studios here. So, um, should a newbie work with you? Probably not, Dave. Probably not. So who should? Somebody that has, somebody that's probably maybe done an information product locally, you know, like maybe had their neighbor kid do it and it turned out okay. And they've they've got a few different clients and, and it's, they're ready to take it to the next level, right? They've done some speaking in front of, in front of audiences. So they've gotten that aspect worked out and now it's time to do like version 2.0 of whatever it is they're doing. Right. I don't want to be 1.0. Uh, for most people, it's version 2.0, right? That's kind of what. Yeah, even for the great John Carlton, who had lots of experience, he didn't really come until it was 2.0. Right. You know, he just, he he did it his own way. He did it his way when when he did the first one, and it was fine, but uh, I know it's a lot better now. Yeah, that second one was really, it was really a pleasure to work with John. In fact, actually working with John, I actually, we did that at, at Dean Graziosi's studio. Oh, really? Yeah, we did that at Dean Graziosi's studio. And uh, that experience with John was actually what made me decide to get my own studios. Mm. Because I was like, man, this was such a cool experience. Of course, that was probably the only one I've had since, you know. But uh, yeah, working with John in that space, what a true professional. I mean, he really knew his content and came in and just knocked it right out. It was, it was excellent. Yeah, John does his homework. That's for yeah. sure. Cool. Nathan, did you have any questions you wanted to get in before we wrap up just my two favorite parts of the interview so far uh number one trust your producer of course i'm gonna like that one uh number two when you ask him so how was it like working with someone who's killed 19 people (laughs) oh it was great (laughs) what else is he gonna say i'm gonna tell you a quick story here real quickly so he now has access to my to my office right so um i just he I came in, it was, I think it was yesterday, the day before, and he had just gotten here and he was standing by the coffee maker and all the lights were off. And so I come in the back door and so I, I take a couple steps and then I see him standing there in the dark. I'm like, and this is how it happens, just like this. And then he goes, no, no, no. I'd be standing by, behind the door. You'd never see it coming. <laughs> that's my daily life. <laughs> uh, that's a good way to wrap up. Well, Richard, again, we'll put your... Um that email address, richard at tetpros.com in 
the show notes. And thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. It was an awesome show. All right. And until next time, if you want to get more of your copywriting fix, head on over to copywriterspodcast.com and we'll catch you later. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network. 